Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Today's message is titled, today's message is titled, anyone want to take a guess? Don't lose sight, amen, and um, part like 15 um, or something like that, but no, part three, don't lose sight of what? Uh, His beauty speaks over that today, don't worry about it. Do not lose sight of the love of Christ, amen? Don't lose sight. And I want to share that uh, today. Don't lose sight. Don't lose sight. How about you, you tell that person right next to you, don't lose sight. Don't lose sight. Or, or, or you could even ask them a better question. Because you can't really ask, don't lose sight, or say don't lose sight until you say, what is your sight on first, right? But last um, time we went into this, uh, in our second, um, me- the second message in, in this don't lose sight, we, we, were, we, we got into some conversation and, and we felt that God was done as we were speaking a little bit about intimacy and, and we even had a, a call and many people took a step. And I'm, I'm praying that from that step forward of saying, Lord, I want to grow in this intimacy, you've seen transformation in your, work, in your life and um, you're starting to see growth in these areas. What a, what a beautiful thing. And um, I, I pray that it will continue today as God continues uh, to, to just drop this word and um, this teaching deep in our spirit and our soul. One of the things that we were riding on was when, when we had Pastor Leo here and he jumped into Hebrews 4, 16. And that uh, we come now, remember, freely and boldly to the throne of grace. And we said that, one translation said it, we come freely and boldly to, uh, to where his love is enthroned. His love is enthroned. To receive mercy's kiss, discover the grace that we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. Amen? And, and we spoke about that now we could enter and we could come with privilege freely to the throne of grace and boldly, forgive me, to the throne of grace, to the throne of our gracious God where love is enthroned. The throne, remember what I, what I spoke about? I don't know if you remember that two weeks ago. Um, I know a lot of us don't even remember what happened yesterday. So two weeks ago, we said that that is the holy of holies. That is the place, um, the, what we would call on two Sundays ago, we called it the restricted area the restricted area, the area that for for a long time for many of us was restricted. In the Bible, it was a restricted area. I don't have so much time to teach on it all right now. But in the Old Testament, the Holy of Holies is is an actual place. It was in, for example, in the tabernacle, when Moses built the tabernacle, the last part of that tent was the Holy of Holies separated by a curtain. And you weren't allowed to go in there. It was restricted for you to go in there. You would perish right there in the presence of God. Why? He was too holy over your unholiness. And in your unholiness, his holiness would kill you. We've already unpacked what that means. Not that God is mean and he wants to kill you. He actually does want to kill you to make you alive again. That's a whole other preaching. But he wants to destroy you. We, said, we sang that song two weeks ago, ruin me, so that you could build in me again. But it was a restricted and only the high priest was able to go in there and go in there once a year and take certain steps in to go in there. Everyone say restricted area. Restricted. Praise God. It was a restricted area. And, and man couldn't get there. Um, and we were speaking about 
his expression of love towards us. Remember that? God's expression. What is God's great expression over humanity? It's love. It's love. God's expression towards you is love. And it's always been that. And, um, and, and, and we see that what he does through this love to bring you back through the restricted area. Uh, there was a lot of teaching that week. To bring you back through the place where you were never able to access was, I'm going to speak my love to you. And, and I'm going to give you this expression of love through my son. And through Jesus now, we have full access at any time, wherever we're at. You don't even have to be in the gathering, church gathering. You could be in your car. You could be in your living room. You could be in your, I don't know about you guys, but there is an anointing in the shower. And... And I mean, how many of you God just has spoken to you at one point in that chair? Oh, what it is, man, about those showers. It's got to be the water just running off you, man. Or it could, we're all mature here. It could be your nakedness before your God. That's weird. Let's get into this. But you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, about nakedness. I'm talking about, if I could sing to you like this in this shower, imagine what your spirit is really crying out. Beauty. I feel like, he, I don't know, man. I might write a song this week. Never written a song. I've written rap songs, you know, like, I've done, I used to be a rapper, believe it or not. But a worship song, I might just get with Tito and write one and Ali and the team. But only, only the high priest was able to go, say it again, restricted area. And I spoke a little bit about my wife who's here today. She's taking care of some of your kids. Let's give my wife, when she hears the podcast, I want her to be honored. I want my wife to be honored because I love her and I want my wife to be honored because I still, she's, she's more or less now going once a month over there, but I feel like she needs to be right in the front every single Sunday just so I could look at her once in a while so that when no one else is feeling me, are you feeling me, baby? Because all I need is for you to feel me, you know? So, so pray, pray that we could release her from that. So with that said, we need more kids' help so you could release my wife from, all right, here we go. So I, I said with my wife, this whole boldly and freely restricted area that I did not have access or the privilege to enter into the secret chamber, which is AKA, also known as, yeah, AKA the restricted area. I couldn't just do that with my wife um, before she was my wife. It was impossible because I said this, number one, it would be a violation, would it not be? I'd be violating her and that's not true or healthy in any intimate relationship. There is a process that I had to go through, to, through with my girlfriend and fiance and then finally wife to get into the secret chamber okay come on you guys understand what i'm saying so what happens is that process that that process of intimacy had to be developed and had to grow and learn each other like i actually needed to know what my wife liked before i knew the chambers seriously like not meaning like how she likes it stuff in chamber no i'm talking about like she likes flowers so start giving her flowers you guys thought something totally different and that's at all what i was talking about she likes to be told tell me i'm beautiful sometimes so i gotta start telling her you i have to learn the language of the process if i'm ever going to enjoy the chambers of intimacy with my beloved are you guys understanding this stuff and, and, and the Lord showed me that if I pass the intimacy, if I pass that process and I just jump into that chamber because, hey, I dig you and I know you dig me. Who wouldn't? Whatever. Yeah, right. Sure, get over yourself, right? But, but the truth is we just don't skip the middle part and get into the restricted area. There was a process. 
It was, there was a process. And it was almost like saying, prove yourself to me if you want revelation of myself to you. So we have people like saying, well, I don't know if God is real. What else do you need for him to do to prove to you? Send his only son, dad on the cross, shamed, naked on the cross, whipped, tortured, beaten, offer your sin. And we're still confessing things. Well, you need to show me. How dare you? He has already gone through the process over your life to, for you to jump into the secret chamber. That doesn't work with God. He's already done it. So what is he calling us now? What is our call now as he's done that for us number one we would violate her and that's not true or healthy in any intimate relationship same thing with God number two it'd be based on a growing need remember this one to gratify reviewing we're reviewing it'd be based on a growing need to gratify my flesh rather than a growing commitment to fall in love a growing need to gratify my flesh rather than a growing commitment to be in love to learn to stay in love we live in a world that people are married and fit over 50% of the people that get married are divorced now. Why? Because they are gratifying their flesh rather than learning what it is to live a lifestyle, to stay committed to learning how to stay in love, learning how to stay in love. I want to tell you, say something today, whether you've never been married and you have future plans to get married or whether you're married, every single person at one point or another might at some point just feel this time of like, do I even love this person? And that's when something clicks in you and says, now I learn through Christ how to stay in love. Because sometimes it's not, not all perfect. Come on, married people. How many of you could say, uh, sometimes it ain't all perfect. Sometimes it gets really ugly. And, and man, if I were to tell you some of the things, how come you're still together? Because we've understood the commitment to learn to stay in love and burn in that. So then when you get through that, so that when you get through that, the burn of love is even greater than it ever was before. Why? Because I passed through the test and there's a fire that speaks more clearly and more passionate than it ever did because of the test of that love. How many others, over 50%, just give up on it while the test is there? How do you prove whether it was really love? Because I went through the test and I'm still with it. That's the real love. Yes or no? It's not because everything stays perfect. It's that I still love when everything was not perfect. Man. That's our relationship with God as well. That's our relationship with God as well. The result of growing in intimacy and relationship with my wife, it brings forth the result. And maybe it's not when I wanted to, remember this? Or, 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 but I'll say it again. Maybe it's not when I wanted to, but when he knew I was ready for it. Relationship and intimacy must be built upon for a time as long as he, listen, as long as he desires and sees it well with me. This is why one of the greatest things that God wants to do in us, in me, is not automatically just reward you, listen, but, but build in you a perseverance that will remain the course and last to the end. How many of us have been serving God five years, five days, 20 years, 30 years, 30 days, and you just want a reward. But, but the reality is that's not what it's about. The greatest thing that God wants to do is what? Build perseverance. Build perseverance to last the course, last to the end. And that process, that lifestyle is what we've been talking about. It's learning to burn. Everyone say burn. burn. It's learning. Men, Wednesday, come. We're going we're gonna to talk about burn. It's learning to burn in relationship and intimacy to then be able to receive the reward. I can't just want a reward when God, 
I can't even tell you when was the last time I burned over you. I, I, I've just been lost in you. And so, so we have to really just examine ourselves. Even, even if you don't see the reward or the blessing, will you still choose to burn for the Lord? Even if you don't see the prayer request come yet, will you still choose to burn the Lord? Even if you fell yesterday and you struggled and you had a downfall, will you still choose today to burn for the Lord even if you don't see the reward yet? Come on. Because I feel like too many people are like, yes, the best is there. The best is, all these things, are, they're right. But what about you live on earth and you never get that earthly best? But you do have heaven touched down on your earth. And that is enough. Enough. And that's better than all the rest. So, so what I'm trying to tell you is don't get so caught up on rewards and blessing. If there's anything that is de defined as reward and blessing, let it be heaven rocking the world inside of you. And that, find fulfillment in that being our reward and that being our blessing as a family going forward. How is it that you do it? I've, I'm learning to burn for Jesus at any cost, whatever circumstance I'm in. Come on. We enter boldly and freely with privilege to the secret chamber, to the restricted area, which, which is now no longer secret. I love that. I hate secrets. I hate secrets. I hate when people say secrets in front of me and like, that's rude. Didn't you guys know that it's mean to talk into someone else's ear in front of someone else and you're not going to tell me? Shoot, man. And then the best thing is, they're like, oh, it's not about you. The heck it is. You better say it. Whoever it's about, you said it in front of me and you whispered it to his ear. But it's not about you. It's good, brother. We're not gossiping about you. We're gossiping about someone else. Shame on you. God doesn't do that anymore with us. There's no more secrets in his agenda. No more hidden things. He's at a place now. He says, enter boldly, freely with privilege to the secret chamber, to the, re to the restricted area, which is actually no longer secret, that it's actually no longer restricted, to the place where love is enthroned. And when you find that, come on, come with me on this, don't lose sight of it. I'm going to challenge you. How many of you are tired of being on fire for a time and then losing that fire and going into donuts and, and I'm just a lukewarm Christian? I'm tired of that. How many of you want to say, I want to be on fire, but when I'm normally accustomed to becoming lukewarm on that, at that transition state where I'm normally now grow dull, I want that to be the place now where I take it up a notch and my fire burns more intensely now. How many of you want that for your life? I want to remember the message from glory to glory. I want to, be, I want to understand what it is, Lord, from glory. I want to know what it is from strength to strength. I, I want to know what that is. And then we, we're going to get away from the justification of, oh, but we all fall short of the glory of God. And, and then we, we look at each other and we say, I'm going to just speak very frank today. And we look at each other and say, well, why are we still addicted to stuff? Because it's different living in sin and different than falling in sin. So we have men and some women that are still addicted to things and so, and so on that are going on and, and whatever it is. I mean, drinking. I've never met so many drinkers until I came to the church. And then same thing, same thing with, with porn until, until you come into the church. Come into the church and it's rampant. It's everywhere. 
every other meeting and say, I struggle with porn, I struggle with porn, I struggle with porn. So now we stop justifying that we're weak in the flesh and we burn on fire for Jesus. And you will see that he will take the desires to burn over sin and now he will put desires to burn over holiness. And your eyes will no, no longer look for the things that gratify your flesh. But now your eyes and your soul will start to gratify the things that build up your spirit. I want to become that family. And I hold it accountable. I want to become that person. Do you guys understand that? Come on. Learning to keep living. And I wrote this down. I wrote down all of this stuff here. I don't want to lose myself. Rather keep living in a wonder and, a certain, and continuing to search for it, that it will continue to show me new things. Like, like up here, being up here, and, in the, in the no, and out of nowhere, God just speaks over my soul, over my heart. And he says, my beauty speaks to you today. I said, what does that mean? I'm going to show you. It's not new, but it's new. It's, it's not new, but it's new. I've been saying this for, for ages, but, but right now it's, it sounds new to you, the way it's coming out. How many of you, my beauty speaks to you today. It sounded new just to you today. Maybe it's just one of you. But that's not even new. God has been saying that for ages. For ages. And that is the, rea- that is the truth, the biblical truth of God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So what was new a thousand years ago, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to illuminate something in new going to reveal something in you that which was spoken a thousand years ago because he's the same God with the same word yesterday today and forever when he sang it over you today my beauty speaks for you today something erupted he said that was new in me because that's the God we serve that's the relationship we're in it's not a dull relationship it's not like a oh he's back and now I gotta cook for him and my gosh I wish he would go out with his friends today so I could be home alone with the kids because I'm kind of he smells lately his beard is growing, and I'm asking him to shave it, and he does not shave it, and he's back. And I w- No, it's not even something like that. It's, it's, it's he's home again, and today when he got out of his car and walked to the front door, it was something new again in this marriage where I wanted him to walk to the threshold, and I wanted to jump on top of him and give him a hug and love him and just say, I love you so much, and I made dinner for you, and let's just talk over the couch for a little while. Let's watch a movie together, and let's, call, I don't, all that stuff that it might sound, yeah, right, you wish, but, but how does that sound spiritually in our walk with the Lord? It's new, man. It is the same gospel. That's, there's no new gospel. These people that try to come in and say, I have a new revelation. That's not true. There is no new specific gospel revelation. It's the same stuff that's always been spoken. It's just in the matter of where you're at, it's touching you different today. Because that's his relationship. It's fresh every morning. You can't get tired of that stuff, man. So when I heard today, my beauty speaks to you today. I've heard that before, and I could probably give testimony of those things. But today, it sounded, it felt, and it smelled totally different than it did back then. Why? Because that's what the relationship looks like. That's what intimacy looks like. That's what growing in Christ looks like. If you lost that, burn today. Don't lose sight of that today. Because you've lost something very important in your relationship with the Lord. Can I get an amen? I feel like I'm losing some of you guys today, and I'm getting worried. Don't lose sight. Say that. It just because, you don't have to say this, just because it doesn't happen the way you want it to happen or when you want it to happen. Because that's me. Paul gives us a deep description of this, right? About love, love. Everyone say love. 
1 Corinthians 13, sake of time, I'm not going to go over and read it, but study it for yourself. 1 Corinthians 13, if you're taking notes. But he says a bunch of stuff about love. And I'm going to just share with you three things that he talks about love. Love is patient. Love bears all things. Love endures all things. Did everyone just notice that love is an ongoing process? Love just doesn't come in good, you got it. Love is continue to grow in this stuff. It's patient. It bears, man, I could just stop on being patient. It endures all things. Don't lose sight of his love. That you miss out on the secret chambers. You miss out on the restricted areas. Be patient in what? What am I talking about? Be patient in burning in intimacy. Be patient in burning in this place of of restricted area. Come on, how many of you can say amen? Be patient in that. Well, today, I'm not feeling like I did yesterday. Be patient in that. Be patient in burning because you'll never, listen, you'll never know the secrets in the chamber. You'll never know the, the secrets in the chamber, in the restricted area that brings joy to your beloved if you haven't first gone through the intimacy in relationship in knowing beloved. This is going to mean so much more to her over there because I've gotten to know her over here. Don't lose sight because your commitment to persevere your, your, listen, your commitment to persevere and to be patient, don't lose sight because it will be rewarded. It will be rewarded with such greater joys, with such greater joys than your present struggle, than your thought, or your present problem. What do you mean? Don't lose sight because your commitment to persevere and being patient is going to be rewarded with so much greater joy than whatever is in your mind, in your heart, and in your life around you right now. There's something that is so much deeper, so much greater, sounds so much better to your ears, tastes so much better to you. That, that if you don't lose sight and persevere and are patient in that, that love is going to erupt in you. Amen? All right, here it is. Genesis chapter 29. I want to read a, a passage. Go ahead and turn to Genesis 29. And can you go to verse 15 with me? Once you're there, give me an amen. Let me know you're there. Lord, let this story... Um, let's use the word illuminate. Let it illuminate because I feel like illuminate has a lot to do with burning. Lord, let this uh, passage in Genesis 29 burn, burn something deep in us. Here it is. In Genesis 29, let's read verse 15. Let's start from 15. Can't give you all the story, but it's a man named Jacob who falls in love with a girl named Rachel and he wants her to be his wife and some stuff goes down. And um, just watch this. I'll read from the NLT, and if you have it, it's Genesis 29. We're going to start at 15. If not, it'll come up here. Bring your Bibles next Sunday. Here it is. It says, after Jacob had stayed with Laban for about a month, Laban said to him, you shouldn't work for me without pay just because we're relatives. Tell me how much your wages uh, should be. So Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah, and the younger one was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes. Um, Basically, another way of saying that is Leah had dull eyes and she had soft eyes. Maybe there was something wrong with her eyes and the things that her eyes did and she couldn't control them. But there was no sparkle in Leah's eyes. But Rachel had a beautiful figure. I love that the NLT says it this way. Rachel had a beautiful figure. I mean, Jacob saw Rachel and said, my gosh, not only is she pretty, but she looks good. She had a beautiful figure. And, and, and I know what that's like because when I was teaching a, a second grade class and my wife, I could talk like this now, my wife at that time was, she would walk in front of my class. I'm like, my gosh, she, she's a beautiful figure. <laughs> she's my wife. I could say that. You can't. 
say that about her, but I can. And don't even try to figure out what the figure looks like. <laughs> well, you know what? When she comes out of the kids, I'll see. If you better not judge, I don't care about your judgment over her figure. It's it's for me to figure. <laughs> Whatever. Let's keep getting into. It. I'm losing the the whole biblical centrality of my message. Uh, here it is. Ready? Jeez. What verse am I on? Says. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes, but Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Since Jacob was in love with, in what? In love with Rachel, he told her father, I will work for you seven years if you give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Like now you start to look at that figure and that face and that person a whole lot different. Because now, you're, now she's worth seven years of hard labor. Like me, it was just like, I wonder if she'll go on a date with me. He's like, I'll work seven years hard for her. And you're going to recognize that seven years is actually 14 years. That's crazy. What kind of love is that? Okay? What kind of love is that? So, so it says here, agreed and Laban replied, all right, I'm down. and I'd rather give her to you than to anyone else. Stay and work with me. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel. But his, this is good. I actually underlined this in my Bible. I'm not lying. But his love for her was so, everyone say so strong, was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Finally, the time, that's so romantic, how the lady said. <laughs> finally, darn it, Jacob, finally, the time came for him to marry her. I fulfilled my agreement, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so I can sleep with her. I mean, this is just, I mean, I can't even make it like kid-friendly. Like, I've been staring at her for seven years. <laughs> Secret chambers, restricted areas. Give it to me. <laughs> like, I, I don't even know how to say, like, you know, what he meant was, like, is, like, what would, eat, what would my Bible app for kids say in this story, you know? They went to eat a sandwich together. No, like, give her to me so I could go and lay down with her. And they weren't watching a movie and nothing that. Okay, sex is biblical. Sex is good and it's biblical. And watch this. Between the right confinement of marriage. Here it is. Thank you for being my... So Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night, when it was dark, he took Leah, you remember her? Mm -hmm. To Jacob. So he sleeps with Leah. So Laban had given Leah a servant... To be her maid, but when Jacob woke up, so it was really dark, guys. Remember, this was before electricity. It was really dark. So when he woke up in the morning, it was Leah. I love that NLT screams it. It was Leah. <laughs> what have you done to me, Jacob raged. I worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? <laughs> it's, <laughs> the dad says, well, it's our custom here. We got to marry off the younger daughter before the head of the firstborn. So, so he replies, but wait until the bridal week. Finish this bridal week with her. Finish doing the, the procedures you have to do as husband and wife. And then we're going to give you Rachel too, provided that you promise to work for me another seven years, 14 in total. So Jacob agreed to work seven more. He didn't punch him in the face. He didn't run away, steal his daughter. You know what? 
Romeo and Juliet story, let's just escape. None of that. It was worth it for him to go through the process because when that love is fully revealed, it's going to mean so much more if I know what this process looks like. And there was a whole honor there. I honor, I honor the Father. And if the Father says, go through the process to receive this blessing, then I'm going to be obedient to that Father named Laban. There's an honor. I feel like a lot of times in Christianity, if it doesn't come fast to me, then I am justifying that, that I don't have to necessarily honor it. There's a way that it's off. The scripture's off. It's not. Honor is always the heartbeat of the Lord. Amen? So he agreed, and it says this. He gave Rachel to him. So Jacob slept with Rachel too. And I love this. Didn't say this about Leah, but it says it about Rachel. And he loved her much more. He loved her more than Leah. And he then stayed and worked for Laban an additional seven years, 14 years in total. Come on, man. Come on. He meets Rachel. He agrees to work for seven years of hard labor. Her hand in marriage was tricked. And seven becomes 14. He's given, she's given to him. But what was my reason for saying that? wasn't just for fun and giggles and all that because scripture is funny like that and awesome. But part of that is because, listen, there was a patience. You should write that down in your notes, patience. There was a perseverance. You should write that down. That Jacob was enduring and learning to live through. You see, everything in Jacob's life was, how can I get my stuff fast by tricking people? How can I get my stuff fast by cunning people? I tricked my father. I got the spiritual blessing. I tricked my brother. I got the physical blessing. So my whole life has always been about doing things quick to get what I need. And I believe that a lot of Christianity is, that's how I come to the Lord. I do whatever I, I need to do with you, oh God, to get what I need. And if you don't, then I'm just going to hop around and move from this. But now Jacob is not at that place anymore. Jacob now is at a place of, I'm not getting what I feel I need. But, I, but, that, but I've realized that after so many years of living like that, listen to this, it finally hasn't done anything for me. Wow. So what happens now? I have to learn what it is now through this man who I'm going to honor as father. I need to learn now what it looks like to what? To persevere and live a life of enduring and learning, learning, learning to what real love is. I love her figure. I think she's beautiful. But what does this look like in the process to receive the secret? I mean, this is amazing. Seven years. He's, think about what happened within those seven years. And then he was given to her and then had to serve an extra seven. But for seven years, think what happened there. You don't think he saw what she liked? You don't think he had conversations with her? Of course, she liked him too. You don't, think, you don't think he heard her speak and was listening to every word? You don't think within those years he was patiently getting to know her? Maybe even without her knowing. I'm going to work for seven years for this girl. I might as well start paying attention to her. Come on, let that drop on some single people's hearts. I might as well start paying attention. But, but I might as well start paying attention if I'm going to fall in love with this thing. I'm going to fall in love with this thing. I might as well just start paying attention if I'm in love. I want you to imagine this for a moment. Let's go to the life of Jacob for a second. Imagine the secret chamber when, not with Leah. Don't do that. Imagine the secret chamber when it was him and Rachel. Imagine when her, when her presence would be all his. Did you guys understand what I just said there? When her presence would become all his. Let, let, me take a, let me take a little field trip for a moment. I want to talk about my wife again because it's perfect for me to relate it to you and, and we're family. So, you see, 
you may, you may be in my wife's presence, but my wife's full presence belongs to her beloved. You guys understand that? You might, you might be before her presence, but her full presence is before me. See, I may be even in presence before you, but my full presence belongs to her. So, so you, what do I mean by that? You may be able to hang out with my wife and you might be able to hang out with me and you may be able to share and rejoice and grow before a casual presence. You guys understand that? But before her, nothing is casual. She might be able to in front of you and do life with you and you'll love it. You might love hanging out with, with, with someone and you will share and rejoice and grow before what is a casual relationship. A casual relationship and presence. But, but then there's an introduction to something more. There's, there's a presence, there's a relationship that now goes deeper and it's found seated in being lost in this secret chamber and in intimacy. Listen, it's how we started our 930 prayer huddle here it's not one that you casually now grow in presence in but it's one now that you burn in presence so so like now things are accessible because of intimacy and because of burning inside of two that are called beloved that was never able allowed okay and was totally restricted okay because at for a season it was casual but we broke through the veil called casual worship and casual relationship and casual singing and preaching and singing and doing life and I'm breaking through the veil called casual and I'm going to get into a place where now nothing is casual everything comes off and now it's intimate burning in presence with beloved so I can relate that a lot to my wife I know what it is to, to do that right with the, we know what it is to do that with the Lord it's a casual growth in the Lord. But what about one that is what? It is, it is publicly and yet privately burning in him. That there's a deeper intimacy that gives a greater revelation of what more he has to offer you. There is no lover's love. <laughs> Say it. Like our lover's love. There, there's something more. There's something, there's something greater. It's, it's something that is, that, is, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. And, and, and it's, it, it's different. It's, it's through intimacy. Maybe I could give you two passages, and I'll read them real quick. Write these down in notes. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Love this passage. This is talking about Peter and John, and it's talking about the religious leaders. Listen to this, Acts 4, 13. Are you with me? It says this. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Listen, listen. For they could see. Everyone say they could see. Good. That they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. But they also recognized Peter and John as men who had what? Who had been with Jesus. What an amazing passage. They saw the boldness, the fire. They saw the burning within Peter and John. And they see that they were ordinary men with no special training in scriptures. That deals with knowledge. They didn't have the proper schooling of knowledge. Like so many people say, you need to have the proper schooling of knowledge to receive the proper intimacy with the Lord. That is so anti-biblical. No, you could receive such a deep place of intimacy with the Lord that could even draw you to a deeper place of knowledge with the Lord. 
You don't need to gain any kind of knowledge to grow in intimacy. Ask the thief or the criminal that was on the cross next to Jesus on the day he said, today will you remember me? And the Lord looks at him and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. There was no knowledge other than take me into intimacy. Good, we got this. Now you're going to learn more about me. So, so, so there was no special training or knowledge, but they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Underline that. What does that deal with? They recognized that they were living in intimacy. So knowledge versus intimacy. They had been with Jesus. What? These are religious leaders. They had been with Jesus different than the religious leaders had been with, the, with God. There's something different about them. Is there something different about you than others? Is there something different about this family than others? What is it that makes us different? Remember the harvest of a spiritual awakening. It's nothing else but that we host and we bear witness to the presence of God living inside of us. Yes or no? Okay, good. So these are not men that went through the institutions of knowledge, but men that revealed a lifestyle of intimacy, burning intimacy. Another passage, ready? Acts chapter 19. Wasn't going to share this, added this to the message um, this week. Acts 19. Um, in Acts 19, something crazy happens. And then when I'm done with this, don't worry about it. We're going to drive it home. Acts 19, listen to this. Man, this is good if you catch it. Go to verse 11 with me. If you're there, say amen. It says, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled, were casted out. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incant incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Verse 14, seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were actually the ones doing this. But one time, when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, evil spirit. I know Paul, but who are you? Verse 16, then the man with the evil spirit leaped on top of them, overpowered them, attacked them with such violence that they fled from house naked and battered, put to shame. What happens in Acts 19? Sons of Sceva grew in knowledge. So because they had a certain knowledge, they thought they had the right ability to do something that knowledge can't give you. I'm going to cast out demons because I have a certain knowledge of doing that. And who in the world told you that casting out demons had anything to do with knowledge? It has more to do with presence than it does with knowledge. Prove that. This verse right here. This verse right here. They had all the knowledge in the world. They learned from their father who was a priest in the temple. They had all the knowledge in the world, the sons of Sceva. But they had a rude awakening when they saw that they didn't have what can only be born in intimacy rather than in knowledge. What was that? How did that sound like? Man, come on. Don't lose sight. Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? You give no evidence that Jesus is with you. You might know it, but I don't see it. Jumps on top of them and batters them and they leave shameful running naked. I mean, are you guys getting the bigger picture there? Knowledge, write this down, just lets you know about the topic or about the person. Intimacy, man, this is it. This is the message. Connects and relates 
it identifies you to the person. Knowledge makes you know about. Intimacy identifies you with him. Come on, man. We're not building a family here that just has to know about Jesus and theology and doctrine. Those things are good, but that's not what we're building here. But we're building a family in intimacy that identifies themselves to the person of Jesus Christ. The harvest of a what? Of a spiritual awakening. How many of you can say amen? amen. Hallelujah. So back to Jacob. Remember Jacob? Chapter 29. Can you put verse 20 back up there? So Jacob worked for seven years to pay for Rachel. But his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. I want to share something with you. And I wrote this down. I want to read it just like I wrote it because it's how God put it in my heart on Wednesday. I believe that the intimacy is not even about us living in joy and fullness necessarily. Just for ourselves. I don't believe intimacy is even just for ourselves to live in fullness and joy. I believe the intimacy that we have in the Lord is not even about us producing joy and fullness in our lives just for ourselves. Please listen to this. But it's better. Everyone say better. This is good. But it's better than that. I believe as we learned on Wednesday, if you came on Wednesday, my God, that we learned something on Wednesday. John chapter 15. I remain in and you remain in. Okay. Man, the branch and the, and the vine. I mean, what, a, what an amazing time we had on Wednesday. But it's better. Listen. Our intimacy with him may be mainly, not only, mainly for this one reason. That it would bring great joy, like Jesus says, to my father. Did that not just open my eye when I actually thought that my intimacy with Christ had everything to do with me? And then in John chapter 15, he says, no, actually your intimacy with me, the branches staying within the vine has everything to do with now finally the father is happy. Wow. Because I've lived my walk always as I want fullness and I want joy. So I remain in him, he remains in me. And then the Lord says, good, but I'm going to show you something even better. It's not even about you. It's remaining me and I remain in you as we learned on Wednesday. And then there's a smile on the Father's faith, face. And I don't know if you guys got, you know what? The one that understands heard it. And the one that has not yet will eventually hear it. But for the ones that get that, your life is not even about your full joy and fullness. Your full life might be just stay in intimate connection to the Lord because your ultimate will in your life is to make Abba rejoice over you with happiness. That's it. When you produce much fruit, he tells, he tells in John 15, when you produce much fruit, he tells him this, you are my disciples. He tells him this. And that brings great joy to my father. Remain in me and I remain in you. There is no lover's love like our lover's love. Hallelujah. That's the reward, man, of patience, of perseverance, right? Right there. It's amazing, you know, when you look at Jacob's life, that it's possible to burn. in a love so strong, just like I had you repeat, 
that it could take years. Listen, it could take years to receive what you're waiting for and praying for, but it's worth it because you wouldn't change anything for the years that you had patiently, the Lord had you burning in devotion and intimacy and relationship with your God. So now when you're granted the presence, remember the chamber, when you're when you're when you're granted his chamber, when you're granted the deeper place, now there's a deeper reverence in that. Now, look what I wrote here. Now you've waited and you persevered and you've been taken to a deeper place and it's expression of love towards you. And now you come to a place like there's nothing in me that I could do and that anyone could do that could cause me to lose my sight from that love. No wonder Paul got to a place and he says, oh my God, have I experienced the world? Does my resume, does it run deep? But then Paul says, but nothing can separate me from the love. Man, does that mean something? Does that verse totally mean something different to me today? Nothing can separate me from his love. Height, depth, demon, angel. Nothing in this world, nothing of the world above us, nothing within the world within us, nothing around us, nothing can separate us from the, what was it that happened within Paul that he was able to write such things? It means something. I, I feel like that whole verse is not even any, it's not even anymore about election. That whole verse, it's not about once saved, always saved. That is just the surface of it. It's actually deeper than once saved, always saved. It's deeper than election and free will. Nothing shall separate me from the love of Christ. It's almost like Paul's life. He's been there. He's been through it all. And he's recognized, I'm not going to fight and battle over such theological things. This whole, nothing shall separate me from the love of Christ. It's a deeper truth, man, of my living in him and him living in me. Remaining in one another. It's, it's deeper than just a theological fight. It's, a, it's an intimate lifestyle that God is calling me to. And once it's erupted inside of me, nothing can separate me from it. We could fight all we want biblically, but nothing will separate me from it. And that's what Paul, I believe, was going through in his life. We look at it very shallow. How about it's so much deeper than the shallowness we've always seen that scripture. And it has to do with so much more than what we've always debated it was about. There's a deeper expression of love and Paul came to that conclusion. I don't know, let's do a calling if you want. Let's not, let's just go home in peace. Whatever you want to do today, but this is what I want, this is what I want to make sure. How many of you need to come to the place of his great expression of love over you? The holy place, the better place, the chamber place. I've enjoyed long walks and conversations. I won't lose sight of his love because there's a secret place of his presence that I will no longer be restricted to any longer. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to just date no more. I want to love now. I don't want to just walk and take long walks and do all these things. I want from there to go to even a deeper place, Lord. And then I'll be able to enter as we went over and over into freely and boldly with privilege to where love is enthroned, the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Can you stand with me today? There is no lover's love like our lover's love. No, there's not. Hey, I shared this to some of you guys on Wednesday. And maybe in some of my meetings this week. And, and men, be ready for this on Wednesday coming up. 
But John Wesley said this. So good. Light yourself on fire with passion. Light yourself with, on fire with passion and people will come from miles to watch you burn. How many of you have to light yourself on fire with God's passion over you? With God's love over you? How many of you recognize this, man? I can't lose sight, not lose sight. This whole stuff just means so. For the ones that understand this kind of conversation today, come on, God's calling you out. I said this weeks ago, and I wanted to rewrite it just to mention it again because I don't want to, I don't want you guys to lose yourselves in what's going on here. A harvest of spiritual awakening, it maintains, it grows deeper roots in the faithful living of not losing sight of the love of Christ. How many of you can say amen? Growing deeper roots in the faithful living of not losing sight in the love of Christ. I want to grow deeper, 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 deeper. There is no love like my lover's love. Come on, every eye closed in this place. Is the Lord speaking to you today? Is the Lord working in you today? I really pray that you don't harden your heart. I really pray that you don't just walk out the same. Come on, caterpillar, turn into that butterfly. As we shared in worship. Come on, let his beauty be sung over you today. Let his beauty be spoken over you today. My Lord, Lord, I can't explain to you the things you've said and done today in this place. I could only try to make it understandable to ears that don't get it, but man, God. Come on, who, I don't even know how to call you out. Who just needs to come before the Lord right now? Run to it. Come on, run. Do, do what you right now, as they sing, do what you feel needs to be done right now. If you want to come up to the front, come. If you want to get on your knees where you're at, get on your knees. If you want to stretch out your hands, stretch. If you want to cry, I, I would love for you to have the freedom to cry again. Something good in crying. God gave us emotions and you're allowed to cry. You're allowed to him, him to work in those emotions as well. Uh, let's sing a song over this. Oh, let's sing a song over them. And I want you to, what does that look like? Come on, don't lose sight. What, what is God's expression of love over you? What do you need to, so much was said today. What, what was the one thing? What, what do you have to answer to today? What, what is it? Answer it. Come on, the altar is open. You could come up to the altar if you want. Get on your knees up here. It's more, you're more than welcome. And there might be just a freedom in just not being up here, but, but leaving your seat and coming up here. God might say that, that there is where, where chains were broken. Every step you took, not necessarily just being up there. So, so we want to open up heart of heaven we want to open up the heart of God over you and just receive that today in this present we're going to sing over you we're going to sing to the Lord and um, release whatever needs to be released there before the Lord and then we'll end hallelujah